1: start out this morning talking about noise. And, and I'm not talking about jet airplanes and, 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 uh, and Harley Davidson motorcycles, which are noise. But anyway, uh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about spiritual noise. I'm talking about all the things that are around us and all the things that are in our lives that are bombarding us every day and blocking out what we really need to hear. All these messages that are being fed to us and being pounded into us and everywhere we turn, there's another new message that's contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The world is deafening. The noise is deafening. It's coming from everywhere. The world screams its gospel at us, doesn't it? It screams the gospel of sin and the success and moral subjectivity. It tells us that, that we should worship everything that is unholy. That we should worship ourselves, that we should worship money, that we should worship freedom. They call it freedom when there are no rules, when anything goes, when everything is permissible. That's freedom. You don't have the right to tell me that I can't do that. I'm free. What they don't understand is they're not free. When they put themselves in the place where they are their own God, where money is their God, when freedom is their God, they're actually slaves and they're living under the slavery of sin. They're not free. They're in chains more than anyone. More than us as Christians. But that's the noise. That's what we get every day. That's what we get fed every day. It's all about you. And it's all about health, wealth and prosperity. It's all about money. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. And that's the world. That's the world we live in. That's prime time TV. And worse yet, cable TV. That's radio. That's CDs and iTunes downloads. You can't just say CDs anymore. It's fed to us everywhere we hear. It's noise. And it's drowning out the truth. And that's the world. But sometimes, i got to say, the church isn't much better. All over the world this morning, as I stand here in this pulpit trying to tell you the truth, where you can hear it, Lies are being told. Promises are being made that aren't promises from God. The gospel of the world is being wrapped up in a religious wrapper for mass consumption. And it's happening every day. All over the world. It's noise. It's distracting us from the truth. It's steering us away from what God would want us to know and want us to hear and want us to live. And there's another message that goes right alongside that message. The second message is get in line. Get in line. Don't speak out. Meanwhile, the truth languishes. We're afraid in society today, in this world we live in today, we're afraid to speak the truth. Get back in line, we hear. Speak only what is non-offensive. The people of God have no right to speak. We've got world leaders that that travel around the world and talk about religious liberties abroad. American leadership, the American government talk about religious liberties abroad while at home our religious liberties are being eroded day by day by day. Get in line. Say only what's non-offensive. So I've got a question for you. How's that working for you? How's that noise working for you? How's that message working for you? Is the world a better place because of it? That's the message of the world. That's the big lie that our society has believed in, and it's killing us. It's literally killing us. We live in a world where abortion on demand is considered a right, not a sin. Sorry, (laughs) I'm getting fired up. Where in some parts of the world, it's a crime to homeschool your kids. Where the, new, where the new gods are acceptance and tolerance. You know what's the worst possible thing you can be labeled now in America? Intolerant. You're just not tolerant. Well, I, I, ladies and gentlemen, I got something. I got some news for you. Okay, I'm cut through the noise here for a second. This book doesn't tell me to be tolerant, does it? What does it tell me to do with sin? It tells me to hate it. It tells me to flee from it. It tells me to confront it wherever it's found. This doesn't tell me to be tolerant. What it does tell me is to love. And there's a difference between tolerance and love, isn't there? Am I loving you if I tolerate your sin? No. I'm condemning you. If I have the truth and I don't give it to you and confront you with your sin, I'm condemning you. Is that love? No. No. I'm not called to be tolerant. I'm called to be loving. We live in a world where you're not allowed to hold a contrary viewpoint. If I disagree with someone, I am instantly labeled as a hate monger and a bigot. We Christians are required to remain politically correct at all times. Or we face the wrath of a vengeful world that would love to silence us. And you know what I think about that? You know what I think about tolerance and political correctness? I don't care. I've got something bigger than that. I've got more to say about that. I think about this stuff and it grieves my heart so deeply that sometimes I don't know how I can stand up under it. My heart hurts for the world. I see people that are following these lies, and instead of looking at that, saying, You're wrong, turn around. You're an idiot. What is wrong with you? Are your eyes so blind you can't see what you're doing? It, it's real easy to fall into, fall into hate, isn't it? You see people acting like that, con- people that are contrary to, what, to our worldview. That are trying to stifle us, that are trying to to force us to follow their rules and their law. It's real easy to hate those people. I can't do that. I have to love them, I have to grieve for them. My heart breaks for what's going on. I sometimes get so overloaded with it that I just can't stand up under it and I just cry. I see what's going on in the world and it breaks my heart, and I have to think it's breaking Jesus' heart too. Our world is literally going to hell. Following, following the world's worldview, no one is safer, no one is happier, no one is more satisfied, no one is more secured, more secure than they were all this liberty that we take, all this freedom that we have has made us slaves destined for one for one path, straight to the path to hell. But it, there is a truth that the world doesn't see. And that truth is there is heaven to gain and hell to shine and they can't see it. And it grieves me and I get so depressed sometimes. And then I say, Why am I trying? Am I making any difference at all? I mean, I work hard. My works mean nothing unless they're done for Christ. But I work. I work hard. I try to make a difference. I talk to my coworkers. Just this week, I had a chance to witness to one of my co-workers in the cube farm that I work in, which means I was witnessing to my co-worker and 20 people around me. And I didn't even try to restrain my words, to make it more palatable to the masses, I told him the truth. And if the people around me didn't want to hear the truth, that's their problem. But I get so down, I get so depressed, I get so upset about where the world is going, and I look at my little granddaughter and I think, what is the world going to do to her? What are we leaving for her? When she's trying to raise her own children in this world, how much worse is it going to be for her? Now, some of us are old enough to remember what the world was like before the sexual revolution of the 60s. When on television, if they showed a bedroom at all, it was twin beds on both sides of the room. Remember that? What do they show you on television now? Uh Uh-huh. They're not even, they're even the same gender now. Anyway. So what are we going to do? What, what's Brianna going to have to put up with? It tears me up. I can't stand to think about it. I get so upset sometimes. I get so down. I get so de- depressed. And I get so despondent. And I just want to quit. I just want to let the world go and let it have its way. And just get out of the way and let it, let it go to hell. That's what I want to do. I can't do that. I can't do that. And I'll tell you why because there's another story. There's another side to this equation. That lie that's being told is not the truth, but the truth is coming. There is a truth. There is moral truth. There are some things that are true whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not. It's still true. I ran across a scripture the other day and it just kind of led me to this sermon. God used this little one little line to tell me what I want to bring to you with you this morning. All this is introduction, by the way. What I want to, guess who taught me how to preach? Anyway, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to get into 1 Corinthians 15 if you want to turn your Bibles there. 1 Corinthians 15. Your Bibles or your iPad or your Kindle or your whatever. 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 1, is where we're going. But before we get to that, I've just laid down a pretty ugly picture. Things are not beautiful in the world. But I ran across Romans ten fifteen, and it says, how can they preach unless they are sent? For it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who announce the gospel of good things. OK, feast your eyes on these babies. Beautiful are the feet, because I'm fixing to tell you the gospel of good things. Look at my beautiful feet. Brand new shoes, by the way. OK. How beautiful are the feet. Of those who announce the gospel of good things. Here we go. 1 Corinthians 15. We've got a lot of scripture. I'm going to try to get through it all. First, Starting in verse 1. says, Now, brothers, I want to clarify for you the gospel I proclaimed to you. You received it and have taken your stand on it. Does that describe you? Have you received this gospel and are you taking your stand on it? Because, it goes on in verse 2. You who are saved by it, if you hold to the message I proclaim to you, unless you believe for no purpose. For I passed on to you, as most important, what I also received. What was that? What did Paul receive? You ready? Here comes the good news. This is the part that makes my feet look good. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And he appeared to to Cephas, then the twelve. And then he appeared to over 500 brothers at one time. Most of them are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. Last of all, as one abnormally born, he also appeared to me. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried. He was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That's the good news. That's the truth that cuts through the noise. That, that God loved us so much that he sent Jesus Christ, his only son, to die for us so that we didn't have to listen to the message of the world anymore. We're above all that now. That's a good... Where's an amen? This is where... Here. That's where an amen goes. We're above all that. All of that foolishness that the world is spouting about how if you want to be healthy, wealthy, and wise, if you want to have a wonderful life, if you want to be yourself, self actuating, then you have to worship their way and worship their gods. But it's not true because Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried, He was raised on the third day. It's the gospel of good news. He was seen by the 500 brothers. He was seen, last of all, in verse 8, Paul says, last of all, as one abnormally born, he also appeared to me. That's exactly how I feel. I'm not worthy of this gospel. He goes on to say, for I'm the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Well, so did I. And guess what? Before you became a Christian If you have, so did you You probably said to yourself Well, they're just a bunch of religious fanatics That are believing in an old outdated book That was written by men And it doesn't really have any bearing in life today In the 20th, 19th, slant 20th, twenty one, You put in your age Century Did you say that? I did I did so, what makes me be any better than Paul? Okay, I didn't take Christians out in the street and stone them, but I did verbally, and I did it in my heart. But by God's grace, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not ineffective. However, I worked more than any of them, yet not I, but God's grace that was in me. I work hard, I study. I prepare sermons. I try my best to manage small groups and men's ministries and all these other things that I feel God has led me to do. And I sometimes fail miserably, but I give it my best shot. But it's not me. It's Christ that is in me that's doing those things. Therefore, whether it's I or they, so we proclaim, so that you have believed. Why is it so essential that we believe? Because it's the truth. It's the saving grace of Jesus Christ. It's the gospel message. He goes on to say he talks. He goes on to talk about the resurrection and why the resurrection is essential to the faith. It says in verse twelve. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection from the dead? Have you heard that preached in churches lately? I have. That there's no resurrection from the dead. But if there's no resurrection from the dead, then guess what? Christ was not raised. And if Christ was not raised, then our proclamation is without foundation, and so is your faith. In addition, we have found to be false witnesses about God because we have testified about God that he raised up Christ, whom whom he did not raise up if, in fact, the dead were not raised. For if the dead were not raised, Christ was not raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our faith is worthless, and you are still in your sin. Therefore, those who have fallen asleep in Christ have also perished. If we have put our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. If we put our faith in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. Where do we get our justification? Where do we get... The meaning of our existence as Christians. Where do we get our reward? Does God reward us for what we do in the works of our hands? Sometimes, if it's done in a pure heart and it's done for Him in His glory and under His leading and the leading of the Holy Spirit, yes. But our eternal reward is not here, it's not in this earth, it's in heaven. So if we put our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. That's the wrong place to put our hope. Because, as Paul goes on in verse 20, But now Christ is raised from the dead. He was. That's the truth of the gospel. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Okay, loved ones, hear this. When, the end, when comes the end, when he hands over the kingdom of God to the Father, when he abolishes all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign until he puts his enemies under his feet. The last enemy is to be abolished, to be abolished is death, for God has put everything under his feet. But when he says everything is put under him, it's obvious that he he who puts everything under him is the exception. But when everything is subject to Christ, then the son himself will also subject to the one who subjected everything to him so that God may be all in all. And Paul goes on then to speak of the resurrection body, what the resurrection body will look like. Let's get down to verse 42. It says sown in corruption raised in incorruption sown in dishonor raised in glory sown in weakness weakness raised in power sown a natural body raised a spiritual body If there is a natural body there is also a spiritual body so it is written the first man Adam became a living being and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit However the spirit is not first but the material and then the spiritual the first man was from the earth and made of dust. The second man is from heaven. Like the, man whom, like the man made of dust, so are those who are made of dust. Like the heavenly man, so are those who are made heavenly. That's you and I. And just as we were, have been born, the image of the man made of dust, we also bear the image of the heavenly man. Brothers, I tell you this, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Corruption cannot enter in, inherit incorruption. listen. Listen, I am telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in a blink of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we will be changed, for this corruptible must be clothed with incorruptibility, for this mortal must be clothed in immortality. When the corruptible is clothed in incorruptibility... And as moral is closed in immorality, the mortal is closed in immortality. I'm immortality. Then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed by victory. Okay, ready? Here comes more good news. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Now the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? The worst possible thing the world can think of is death. The worst possible outcome for your life on earth is to end it. That's not what we think. That's not what Christians believe. There are much worse things that can happen to me than death. Of course nobody wants to die. But Paul said to live is Christ and to die is gain. I'm not in a big hurry. I'm not going to run out in the interstates this afternoon and throw myself in front of a truck just to get there quicker. Right? I'm not in a hurry. But I'm not in a hurry because I fear death. I'm not in a hurry because I don't want to grieve my family. And I want to be there to see Brianna's wedding. And I want to see my grandsons grow up to be men. Is that selfishness? Probably. If that's not what God has in mind for me, well, that's his plan, not mine. But there's no sting in death for us because it's not the end. It's only the beginning of a new chapter. We put this aside with all its infirmities and we take on this incorruptible body that won't have arthritis and won't have cancer or won't have hypoglycemia. Won't have any of the other things that these bodies inflict on us. It won't limit us to what this flesh can do. So we're looking at the other side. We're looking at heaven. Our victory is not here. Our victory is there. So death has no sting for us. And the power of sin is the law. We're not under the law. Sin has no power over us. It still likes to exert power over us sometimes. And we all stumble and we all fall. But thats we're not bound by that. We're not slaves to sin anymore. Christ defeated all that. He put all that away. He bought us out of that bondage and put us into, quote, slavery to him. Which is where the real freedom is. The world thinks they're free, but they're slaves. They think we're slaves to this archaic system of of beliefs, but we're free in Christ. That's the good news. That's the power of the good news. says therefore my brothers be steadfast and movable always excelling in the Lord's work knowing that your labor in the Lord was not in vain I told you how tired I get how depressed I get and I think why do I even try nothing's changing the world is still going to hell in a handbasket and there's nothing I can do to stop it there's nothing I can do for those people that I grieve for but he tells me to be steadfast to be immovable. Always excelling in the Lord's work. Knowing that my labor in the Lord is not in vain. I have to know that, I'm, that it's making some good. That what I do for the Lord, if I'm doing it for the Lord and not for me, is doing good. I'm not laboring in vain. So that's the good news. All the rest of it is made to be foolishness. All the sin and hate and violence has gone. Because Christ died for us. He was raised to conquer death. He, he, he is coming to call us all back to Him. Heaven is our home, not here. So how are my feet looking now? Was that good news? I don't think feet are really all that beautiful. It's a metaphor, but... How are my feet looking now? So this is the, this is the question the man can... Can come on and get in place. I'm just about done. So here's the question: They teach us in they teach us in preaching school that you're supposed to leave. You're supposed to send them out with with a message. You're supposed to send them out with a question, something to take with them, to take along. Admonishment. So here's the question. I've just described the world to you. I've just described what it's like out there. Then I described to you the gospel of Jesus Christ and what God would have us know about the truth. So here's the question. And it's a very simple question with a very difficult answer. And it's an interesting question because it's it's, a... It's a yes or no It's black and white There are no shades of gray There's no subjectivity So here's the question The question is Are you in or are you out Are you covered by God's grace Through the birth, death and resurrection of Christ Or not Are you listening to the lie of the world Are you listening to the truth of the gospel? That's the question. And it's a yes or no answer. Scriptures tell us that in the last times, Christ will stand in judgment of the world and separate his goats from his sheep. And it will be too late. So that's the question. Are you in or are you out? Are you listening to the gospel of the world, the noise? Are you listening to the sweet beautiful? Christ, are you in or are you out are you covered by the grace of God or will you be condemned because what I just said to you is either the best news you've ever heard or it's foolishness or it's your eternal nightmare it's your choice you choose so I ask you to ask yourself this question: Am I in or am I out? Am I buying the lie of the world or am I buying the truth of Jesus Christ? That's the question. That's the good news. Let's pray. Lord, we stand almost alone, we feel, in a world that's going so far wrong, that's going so far away from you. grieves us to see the world the way it is. We reach out our hand in love and it just gets us rejected, slapped back, told to get back in line, not force our, our way of thinking on other people. It's not our way of thinking, it's your way of thinking, it's what you have called us to be and called us to do and called us to say. You gave us the word to share with each other and to share with the world. And sometimes it's hard. But you've given us the good news that we can stand on that good news. The good news of what you have done. by sending your son to die for us so that we no longer have to abide by the law. We no longer have to live under sin. You purchased the right for us to sit with him in heaven with his blood that he shed. We praise you for that. We ask that you give us the strength to take this message out into the world that so desperately needs to hear it. Lord, I pray for all those that are in the house today, in your house, that have heard me speak these words. Again, I pray, Lord, they're your words and not mine. They've heard these words spoken, and they've settled in their heart. Those of us that already know you will get a, a, a new vigor, we'll get new energy to spread your word. pray, Lord, if there's anyone that hears that doesn't know you and is on the outside looking in, that it would prick their heart, that the Holy Spirit would work in them to lead them to the truth of your gospel. Pray, Lord, that these words would bring, bring someone, anyone, to a confession of faith. If it be your will. Lord, I ask that you be with all those that love you and walk in your way and give them the strength and purpose that they need. Lord, if if anyone needs to make this decision today, today is the time to do it. If there's anyone hearing me that needs to make a decision for you, today is the time. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. They need only pray something like, Lord, I understand that I'm a sinner listening to the lies of the world. And I want the truth. I want Jesus Christ in my life. I want Him to be my Lord and my Savior. Come save me. If you pray something like that, and the truth will become evident, your eyes will be open, and the lie will fade away. So I ask, Lord, that all those that hear that if someone needs to make that decision, that today is the day they do that. You I ask that you be with us, that you give us your peace and your guidance. In the name of Jesus Christ, we claim these things.
0: can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109 of Fallon, Illinois 62269 Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.